Welcome to the Paperless Movement Podcast. I'm Tom Solid, your host, and I'm so excited to share another thrilling episode with you, where I deep dive into the digital productivity space together with my guests. As usual, this episode is not sponsored. However, providing you this value for free is only possible thanks to all of you who are part of the Paperless Movement membership. You allow me to stay independent with my opinion. But also as a member, you can join these interviews live when they are recorded for a chance to ask your own questions and you'll even get access to chapterized video versions of this and previous episodes. So if you'd like to become a member eager to max out the full potential of your digital productivity system, check out paperlessmovement.com. And now, without further ado, let's dive into this chat. everyone and welcome back to the Paperless Movement interview show. I always say I'm so excited. I mean, I'm the most excited person in the whole world, it seems. But today I'm I'm really, truly excited because I just found a brother from another mother. Here He's we are, Tom. What a great name, huh? Yeah, great name. And uh, we just realized chatting before the interview, we have a lot in common and also the passion for digital productivity. So I cannot wait to dive into this. I just learned how to pronounce it. It's Clover. You Americans out there was this American accent, Clover. Clover. And yeah, that's what we talked today about. Clover caught my interest when I saw there is mind mapping or there is a whiteboard included with note taking and linking to your calendar. So it seems to be another all in one solution that we probably never get, but let's see how close Clover gets. A lot happened since I tested it the first time. I think several months ago, I was the first time I had a look pre-launch. Now it launched officially and I'm so proud to have Tom. Oh my God, I should rather have asked you to pronounce your surname probably. I was wondering <laughs> if you were going to have a shot. <laughs> I worry about Clover, but now right. Hassan. Okay, sorry. You have to do it, man. You have to do it. Ginatasio. Tom. Ginatasio. Oh, so easy. So yeah, easy. So easy. Yeah. Tasio. Most people say That's that's fine. But that's the thing. You just said already. It's uh, the between two toms show. Between two toms. Now, for those who don't know Clover and who don't know you, let's introduce yourself, please. Sure. So as Tom said, I'm Tom Ginatasio. I've been working in the design and creative industry for well over a decade now, building tools. So I've, I started building tools back 10, 11 years ago for Apple as they were kind of killing off the Flash platform, if you remember. And I fell in love with building tools that enabled people to create. I started a company called Macaw back seven, eight years ago. It was one of the first no-code tools out on the market. And now we have awesome other tools like Webflow and such. We eventually sold that to a company called Envision, where I went on to lead product and design, developing design tools there. And I left about a year and a half ago to work a passion project that I had been working on for seven or eight years, which is in the note-taking task management a creativity space as well. And that's Clover. So that's how we, that's how we kind of got started there. It really is a passion project that I built you know, probably nine or 10 different personal productivity tools for myself. And out of those patterns and frustration with the current tool set, that's, that's how Clover came to be. It was very organic. It was very scratching my own itch. 
And we're, we're really excited to see such excitement from the community in response to the tool. So it's, it's been good. So, well, that sounds great. And a lot came up there. I want to dig deeper into a flash. This was actually a thing back then, right? I even remember building my flash website and I was so excited with all the animations I could do and all this it was so easy. So to yeah. me, this was no code, you know, no code website building in my opinion, but how did it die? Yeah. How well, does this happen? It was, it was an incredible platform. It's it's how I learned to code, really. It's how I fell in love with doing animation work as well. It was just mm -hmm. such a robust, awesome platform, building games and did all kinds of stuff. It was the basis of my career was really doing flash development. And when Apple released the iPad, they said, no flash support. It's a oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, of course. I got the first iPad and I remember all these pages coming up. It was just blocked. It was just a uh, placeholder there. This was insane. And it was with Adobe as well, right? Yeah. They also blocked Adobe. Oh, it was from Adobe. From you so stupid. I mean myself. Obviously, no, Flash no, was from not, Adobe. You're not a development nerd like I am. I, I understand these things. You don't need to. Um, <laughs> no, it was from Adobe. So there was always this Adobe Flash player blocked, right? And yeah, that's I correct. kept Googling to for workarounds and all yeah. this because so much run ran on, on Flash. So do you think it was Apple killing it? Yes, absolutely. Apple killed it. And that's what did it. Adobe was in the process of doing a lot of work to make Flash work better on mobile devices and solve and address a lot of these problems. And then, you know, when Steve Jobs says, uh-uh, you know, the world bends to his will. And they, Unbelievable. They, they, not only did they not support it on there, they changed their, they had a whole ad net inside of all of the Apple ecosystem that was all Flash based and they cut it and they said, it's all going to be HTML5 based. And this was right as yeah, HTML5. So they killed it, replaced the whole ad network. You had to completely make all your creative a different way. And anyways, I worked on the tools that Apple built to help you design for that new ad network. And some of their other tools were actually web as well, including like iBooks and certain uh, pieces of interactive content inside of iTunes. So I kind of worked on some of those tools, which was great. But yeah, I just loved to have this reminder here. I, it's so quickly that we forget that these things happened. It was so annoying back then that it was this case, but I already forgot because it, we are moving forward and they're coming solutions work around first workarounds then solutions. And then everybody, as you said, are bending to whatever is there yeah. to, so there's, there's a bit of a control of these big companies. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. But now let's talk about Clover. So you said it's a solution like, like Sepp even said that he built ClickUp to have his own solution. So you're another one building your own solution. So why you just don't all come together and just build one great solution together? Well, that would be boring, right? We wouldn't get great tools. <laughs> we didn't have uh, competition in the marketplace, right? Okay. So um, do you see yourself a competition to ClickUp? Yeah, in a way, I suppose. You know, I think, I think what is really uh, special about Clover, our sort of mission here is, is we're really, what we started off to, to really try to do is to build a product that was for people who are out there trying to make things, who have ideas, they're idea people who want to not just see their ideas die, but see them grow, right? So that's kind of like our tagline is where ideas grow. I used Evernote for a very long time. It's a great way to jot down ideas that I'd probably never see again. Uh, and so true. I had many, many years of ideas and things inside of Evernote that went nowhere. Uh, but the first two tools that come to mind when you talk about this, you know, resurfacing ideas, collecting ideas, having a blank canvas, are not neither ClickUp nor Evernote. It's actually Notion and Obsidian that comes to mind there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it it sounds like Notion and Obsidian and Miro had a baby. That's that's in a way what we've been been trying to build, right? It, a lot of people have said it's like, oh wow, this is like Notion meets Miro. Uh, yeah. That's what we that think that was the that was the first value proposition. Where I said, okay, this stands out. That's something I said in so many other tools. Evernote back ten years ago when I started using Evernote. Yeah. The first thing I was looking for is how can I connect my notes and show a visualization of the connected notes. Where's the mind map that I can build? There were some some plugins or anything like that that were doing this, but they stopped using it. And I always thought, I think the people don't understand the advantage of how, you know, connecting the dots and, and doing this. And it's not their fault because nobody is telling them how to use it. It was the same with the interview with Ian Small from Evernote. When I asked him, so how many people in, how many Evernote user do use tags? And he said 2% of the user base using tags. And I asked my user, my community, and 50% of them said they're using tags. So this just shows uh, a lot more tech-related people or interested people are turning the papers movement. So they, they further down and understand what tags are. But still, this is what I see the job with the papers movement, to educate the people that, what, that, that there's more. And just going from a paper notebook to an iPad and our handwriting becomes searchable. But what then? How do you leverage the information that you collect? And now we're closing the loop that you just said, Evernote is great to collect information, but it might never come back. The only advantage I see in that Evernote I had was the search. There was the power behind Evernote. You can scan documents and you can scan, your, you can search your documents, but it ends there. So I really said, man, Ian, if you want to make, get up the game again, just add backlinks like Notion did. As soon Rome Research was published, yeah. what Notion did, they added backlinks. You know, yeah. you have to confirm this from a developer point of view. It's not that complicated to add backlinks, right? Because we have these information about the nodes there anyway, right? As a developer, I should probably, I should probably not jump to answer the question. I don't know what Evernote's architecture is like, right? I've worked on legacy systems where it's you would think adding a feature is easy and then you get in and you peek a peek under the hood and you're like, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that, oh. that's the thing uh, for Evernote. I mean, they had to relaunch with a new platform. That was I mean, the only thing they could do. Forever. I mean, the idea, like you're also reshaping behavior, right? Of hundreds yeah. of millions of users that they have. Yeah. You can't just, you know, screw that up. That, that, with user data that's extremely valuable to those users. You just, it's not as easy as you would hope. No, it is not. And he was very brave. Yeah. yeah. And I think he did a good job. He really tried to communicate and all this. And I understand that if the whole life sits in this tool and you just don't have the, the normal workflows going on that you've been used to, also automation tools, you know, and the API changed in such a drastic yeah. way. Then a lot of things messed up, obviously, but you have to do the cut. And then, then if you want to stay up the game. So this was good. Madao, let's get back to Clover. How yeah. does it replace all these? One tool to replace them all, right? Yeah. So we should, I should probably clarify, we're not trying to replace every single tool you've ever used, right? But we are trying to give you one hub where you can return to throughout the day to capture notes, jot down things while you're in meetings, keep you on task day to day, make sure you don't forget anything from the, the previous days. So we've got a good daily workflow. And then we're, we're also a place where you can do work, which I think is another thing that's a little bit different from some of the other tools. This is a place where you can think through ideas because we have this 
surface document. It's, it's canvas. You can move things around. Thinking tool of actually doing work, capturing sketches and ideas. And that ideation brainstorming process is something that a lot of other tools in this space just don't really enable very well. But the way that all that works is is not easy. We're, we're lucky because we got to start from scratch. A tool like Evernote would have a hard time, I think, doing what we're doing and the way we're doing it. We, we basically built a text editor from the ground up that was specifically designed to be able to do either, you know, the traditional linear documents, backlinking. It's based on blocks, sort of. You probably have a understanding of how Notion works, right? Mm -hmm. It's our custom blocks editor built from the ground up that works across platforms and has these spatial capabilities. So we we think that's a pretty special piece of technology that's going to allow us to do some some really cool things we're very excited about um, that you haven't seen in other tools. So we're, we're, we're excited about that. So you already had the expansion in mind, the roadmap and how you want to build on top of this tool yeah. and, you know, future safe. Yeah. You, you know, it's starting a startup is a, is a delicate art of moving really fast and building things in a really hacky way. And mm. also trying to balance that with planning for the future so that it will yeah. stay. Looking at you again, click up. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's just the thing, throwing out uh, one feature after the other, but it's all on sometimes 20% finished, right? Yeah. And then yeah. it introduces new bugs. And I think this is really a big challenge. Tools like ClickUp and you probably can relate and so many other developers and startups can relate to this as well, especially when you want to get into corporate and you want to be the tool that the big companies are using. You cannot do such things. You cannot just, you know, bring something out, introduce a feature and everything just breaks yeah. or, and, or is slower or whatever. So and, yeah. and frankly, one of the, one of the main things we hear from people is, is they also like how we've implemented features that. It's, it's also important, the things that you don't just throw in there. Hey, this tool has, you know, whatever, you know, we hear people say, Hey, well, in Rome, I can build my own custom queries to pull and pay. I've seen some Rome setups that blow my mind. It's like, mm. I mean, it's, it's like they have Wikipedia that they've created inside of Rome and it's incredible, yeah, yeah. but frankly, that's not what we're building. You know, we're yeah. not add some of those features We're we're shooting for a certain segment of the market that actually just wants to get to work every day. And doesn't want to have to take a 20-hour course on how to use Notion set up to be productive. That's <laughs> thank you, Amen. <laughs> this is this is what I always say to my to my members. It's that's the danger behind all these templates and courses and so on yeah. that are so tool specific. So this is what the Paris movement is here. And this is why I developed the iCore framework, which stands for input, input control, output refine. Yeah. It defines a productivity system end-to-end tool in a tool agnostic way. So yeah. Because usually the client work that I did uh, last years always came down to, well, I want to use this tool. And my first question is, why do you want to use this? Because everybody uses it. Or, you know, people ask on Twitter, what's the best note-taking app? And you get the answers, Notion, Rome Research. But it's just one word, no applied. Yeah. So yeah. this is why we start with iCore with the tool agnostic approach, understanding your setting the conventions, what are your workflows, your daily work, and then you start looking for the tool. Yeah. Obviously, many people are already working in some places, and that's good. Just use the thing that you have. You probably already have a better productivity system than you think. The next, the, the shiny object syndrome just hits when you go to YouTube or, or you see these 
highly efficient. I don't, I don't, I don't believe this, that there's one person in the world who is really as highly efficient and productive every day than they claim to be in no. some cases. Yeah. I mean, because things change, even if you, even David Allen with getting things done, I'm not sure when he developed it, it was his own use case. And now he is the owner of a company, a complete different level, different way to management. He had probably adjusted this. And this is when I say people come to me crying. They try to implement GTD and since two years, it's not working. And I say, just take the things that you learned from GTD and implement it in your existing system. Yeah. But first start thinking about what you have in place, right? And you sound like that you had the same challenges and already created some things yeah. and Clover is the solution that is the solution to you, to your personal needs. It's, it's a solution to me, my personal needs. It, you know, as we design this, it's a, it's always a constant challenge of, of systems design and how do you build something that is opinionated, that it's differentiated in the market and people find immediately valuable and enough people find it, uh, to be an efficient workflow, but also flexible enough just because frankly, nobody thinks the same way that you do and that I do, everybody's different. They have different needs and they have different opinions about these tools. Luckily, it's a large enough market that, you know, people do have choice. Um, and some might want to use two or three different tools because they like the way some of them work. Some of them may want it all together. I think there's a lot of benefit in having um, a lot of your work together. It's just the, just the sheer fact of proximity. Everything is searchable in one spot. That alone is extremely valuable. If you define it as your signal source of truth, that's the next challenge, right? Maybe it's better. You maybe you're more productive having several tools, yeah. but then you are faced with the challenge that you're spreading the information thin all over the place, Absolutely. and then try to connect it. And we have different ways to set this up, but maybe sometimes it's better to pick one tool to collect everything in there and have some, you know, some features missing. But when you really think about it, do you really need additional features? So this is when you really be careful. Yeah. So I love this. The, the thing is, I, I see this with the flexibility. So again, we have the whiteboard. So what's the thing that people don't say, oh no, not another notion clone. Yeah. Yeah. I think wait, that wait, wait. it's the yeah. recurring tasks. <laughs> I guess you have recurring tasks or did I just know? Awesome. We, we have we have two main things that people really, really respond to, right? Well, I should say three. One of them, which we've already talked about, is the fact that things are all in one place. They're replacing yeah. Notion and Miro and maybe Todoist or something. And so that's nice. It consolidates yeah. their chain. Everything's there. But in terms of like actual features, some of the things that have really resonated are our surface documents. It's it's, it's whiteboarding, but it's it's different than just whiteboarding because it has extremely good text capabilities. It is a block set of slash inserter and backlinks and all that kind of stuff, except that it's also on an infinite canvas. So it's, it's this really is the awesome part, guys. This is the thing where you need to check out Clover because this is really the missing link there. Um, it really between is. Between Miro and having the connection to your notes. Absolutely. Sorry for interrupting, but I no, no, had no. to share my excitement about this feature. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, actually, we are always we're always checking for, I, I have to build a jingle for that or some, some music or anything like this because we have a thing uh, when we do these interviews uh, called Tom's Solid Feature. Ah. And I think this is the, this is the, yeah. the feature that I think really stands out from this tool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, I was waiting for you to push a button. I thought you had music. Yeah, well, I have just... Uh, that's not so funny. <laughs> That's actually yeah. We might maybe we'll change the name of our documents to you know add new surface in parentheses Tom's solid feature. 
if you if yeah. you're that. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing that people really respond to uh, is our our implementation of what we call daily notes, which is it's basically a dynamic document that you get every day where you can jot down things. It connects into your calendar, so it shows all your meetings that you have for the day. With one click, you can add notes to those. A calendar, I use it for task management. I'll plan out my day top to bottom. And as I go through the day, it's keeping track of how many tasks I've done and anything that I don't get done. This is this is the key thing for me because I'm so forgetful. When I come back mm -hmm. tomorrow, those tasks roll over to the next day. So right. I don't lose anything because if you talk to my wife, you'll know that I forget a lot of things. And if I don't write it down, I won't do it. <laughs> That's just the way that my brain works. Well, I think it's it always depends on complexity. Again, when I talk to, to my members and we have discussions about, well, I don't need such complex. Well, that's good. Maybe you have a very straightforward daily schedule. Every day, you know what you need to do. Then you can keep this in mind. If you're an entrepreneur, maybe having several businesses or like me, you know, having a day job, running two teams, having the business next, you have to have some systems in place in order to stay on top of everything. Yeah. So I can relate to this, but hearing this part of Glover, I heard this from Kraft as well. Yep. So how do you, how do you see yourself to craft? Because when I look at the design and the feeling using Clover, it reminds me of craft, which is not a bad thing because craft is very well developed and very well integrated in iOS. Yeah. So how do you, how do you see the difference between Clover and craft? Yeah. I think that, uh, craft is really, really great by the way. It's besides, besides whiteboarding. That's the really the yeah, thing. It's, it's, yeah, it stands like, out, but yeah. yeah. In general, um, I, I, I do love craft. It's one of their lead designers. I used to work with that envision actually designer. So they, they are top-notch design. Their implementation of daily notes, I think is, is a little behind ours in that they don't have sort of this task with functionality. And so we think that that's a little more advanced. I don't think they have the same kind of calendar integration. Maybe they have Apple calendar integration, but not Google. Is that correct? I can't remember. Uh, I think Google is in there as well now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, that could be, but uh, I think some of our task management features that sit on top of daily notes is kind of what sets it apart from that somewhat similar though, in that you can attach a daily note. Yeah. But mentioning daily notes, you know, I use for journaling, I use day one and there's a very specific reason why I use this. It's resurfacing my old notes. So every day I see what I have written down a year ago, three years ago, five years ago. And this is very inspirational and, and keeps me sane when you see, you know, you're growing and things is not enough or views are not enough. And then you see five years ago, there was nothing. <laughs> there was not a channel yet, but you know, that, that's just how it is. <laughs> so I like this and I only see a reason to make journaling if I really can reconsolidate it in a, in a, that a purposeful way, yeah. so put it this way. And this is also when I do, when I hear daily notes, I'm not a guy who can take daily notes. This is just not the thing. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is where I just take notes of highlights or milestones or anything like this. So, because I always think of my, about my future myself, future me. Do I really want to read if what I ate this day, you know, what yeah. movie I watched, maybe I don't care in the future. So this is, yeah. what's what your we, take on this? What we usually see people who are using daily notes, use it as two things. One is a home base for whatever they're doing that day, right? So it's, it's where they can go and see and 
take notes throughout the day. It's almost like a scratch pad that they have every day. They don't have to worry about organizing pages or any of that other kind of stuff. Just, it's just a place that's always there to st throw stuff. And then the other piece of it is like actual. And so it's where you go and you write down all the tasks that you know you need to crank out today. And those, knowing that those are going to roll over, you can easily move like, ah, I'm not going to get to that, move it to Friday or move it to next week or something is those are the two primary use cases. So it's, it's really daily planning and like a daily kind of scratch pad. Now we have some, we have some things coming in the future that are going to actually make even more usable to help kind of like time block time for specific tasks and those kind of things. So a number of things in the works in that, just because we've seen it be such a, uh, a workflow that people really are responding to it. I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of like my home base throughout the yeah. day. Like, what was I doing? I got distracted on YouTube. What was I doing? Oh, okay. Here's, here's where I was. Here's everything that I did. And then the next day when I'm in stand up with the team, I can go back and see like, oh yeah, here's all the 18 things that I achieved yesterday. It's a good log as well of what you did those days yeah that's interesting i mean talking about time blocking and time tracking i'm using todoist because it integrates it integrates so well with so many other tools especially the two-way synchronization with the calendar so i can actually manage on my calendar and it updates in todoist accuflow is a good example that just launched as well which integrates then with my other things so i can consolidate other platforms so I, I would love to see more integrations and work collaborations between the different tools so I can really build my stack of tools that I need. Because you're saying Clover is your thing. It makes sense for you because maybe it's your only thing that you're working on. But yeah. many are working in corporate. They are tied to their tools. And if they at least get access where they can share it to a, as I said, consolidation platform like Equiflow, then you have an advantage again to see your hub again of external information that you also need to keep track of. Yeah. So how, how, how do you integrate with other platforms? Yeah. Except the calendar. A couple of thoughts here. Right now, we integrate mainly with Google Calendar, right? That's that's kind of the first integration that we built out. We've been asked to build a lot of other integrations where the way that we see a lot of integrations working is through being able to pull content from those other tools into Clover. Clover is essentially really, if you whittled it down, it's like a piece of paper, right? We want to build the tools that you can pull anything into it, think through it, combine things, organize them, all that kind of stuff. So we're sort of like, a central hub for things. So some integration simply won't make sense, right? We won't have import Aki flow probably. That's a that's a workflow that you're No, it's the wrong way. <laughs> it's the wrong that's way. the wrong way around. Yeah. 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 So we've, you know, we we're hesitant to add too many of those integrations. Frankly, we're not even really getting that many requests for all of those. We're just getting people who are saying, oh, yeah. oh I love that. Like, add these other <laughs> Let's go into hypergrowth mode and then let's well, again like, what interests you again. We're trying to architect in a way that will allow us to scale and build all those kind of things. That we've got okay, that's good. But we're still very we launched. But then let's focus with integrations more on, you know, on the whiteboard. Miro is really great because pull in so many things. Yeah. So I guess you will also look for Google Docs integration. And yeah, there's Google you know, things. There's, if I really, really think about it, I, I see the same patterns happening in this industry that I've seen happen in the design tool industry, which was um, we used to we used to design websites right using Adobe Photoshop, which is like photo editing software. That was the industry standard for a long time. It did everything. It was an all-in-one screen mm -hmm. design tool. 
And then everybody realized like, it kind of sucks at everything though. And it fragmented the industry. And all of a sudden there was all these tools that popped up that were point solutions. Here's a tool yeah. for screen design. Here's one for animation. Here's one for prototyping, et cetera. Anytime you found a new problem that was like nuanced enough with a large enough market, tools would pop up around it. And then eventually the entire market got swamped with all of these point solutions. It's like, well, they all have to integrate with each other. And then it was basically mm -hmm. like, no, the answer is to consolidate again. And so now we're seeing another, we're in a period of consolidation where everybody's basically like, hey, you know what? Figma did a really good job of building a system and a collaborative environment where all of these things can happen together. And now they're worth $10 billion, right? Like, so I, I'm, I feel like the market is hypersaturated with these tools. You see new ones every single day. And what you're going to see is the ones who very, you know, are really great at designing elegant systems to pull them all together are the ones that are going to surface and stick around longer. And some of these point solutions are going to fall by the wayside because people are just exhausted with so many tools. So what you're essentially saying is that Clover will be the next Apple not allowing Flash Player in there. A hundred percent. <laughs> there we go. We close the loop, right? Not at all. And I, and I'm not trying to say that Clover's the, oh, it's the end all, it's not that at all. But I am saying that I, I do think that what we're hearing from our users is that they love that there's a system that works for them that is just all in one. It combines all the things. They don't need to have, you know, four or five different subscriptions that they're managing and moving data across one, copy, paste, paste it in there. It's the same damn data. Just make it all work together. But it's worse. I mean, you, you should never dupli duplicate data, right? Yeah. The, the thing why I mentioned Google Docs is the opportunity that so many people working in corporate yeah. are tied to Google or to Microsoft, right? And Google is still the tool that is much more accessible than Microsoft platform and integrates much better. You have the example Google Calendar, you know it from developer point of yeah. view. So it makes just sense if I'm an employer somewhere, employee, and I want to brainstorm the work that I have in my work. Yeah inside Clover. Yeah. I want to be able to actually add these Google Docs. And I, I guess maybe we're not talking about the same thing here. I would just paste the, like in Miro, I paste the URL for the doc and it will just give me an embed view. Yeah. Or it gives me a, or let's, let's, let's narrow it down. Do you have embedding of websites yeah. in the whiteboard? You can, you can embed certain pieces of content. Yes. We have some that are unfurled so that it creates interactive widgets inside of Clover a hundred percent. Look, there's, it's not a closed ecosystem, I guess, but they're maybe not tight integrations with like functionality, passing data between yeah. to all the time. Yeah, it was my fault because I started with the tight oh, no. integrations yeah. and then I went to Google Docs, obviously, no, 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 this I, is uh, not what I meant. I'm a nerdy developer, so my mind goes in certain spots. That you're and not. there we have another topic that I want to discuss, nerdy developers. And I saw it so many times, had so many <laughs> discussions already with people and developers, especially these typical tools, and I'm not saying any names, right? now, but they are, especially from the handwriting note taking apps on iPad. I know some, I know one in particular where I, I was in, in, had a discussion with the developer who is also the owner, who is all, also the only person working on this thing. Yeah. And I said, man, so big potential. This is so great what you built there. But some suggestions for UI UX, because it's just not accessible for so many people. That's the feedback I get from my community. That's what I think. Why? Everything is there. <laughs> and he's adding features, features, features. You have a settings thing with a list of features. And I think this is really the challenge, okay. taking away the, the, the developer glasses yeah. and put on the consumer 
glasses, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. Engineers are a special are a special breed. Their minds are set to work on. You give me a problem, I give you the most straightforward solution I can think of, and a lot yeah, of times those straightforward solutions make sense architecturally, right? The way they come. Okay, it works, but it really kind of sucks. <laughs> they, they just don't, you know, they don't fully uh, grasp what a user experience is or why they're building what they're building, right? So that is that is an art that not everyone understands. Um, and that's this being said, Clover, yeah. you go there, you will see it has really the same awesome UI UX that I like. Like we have in Craft, for example, very thought out or Equiflow. You you really see that there went a lot of thought into where you place the stuff. And and how you access things. So I love it. I just want to point this out. Yeah, so I, you obviously had some thoughts there, but was it you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you said, you mentioned already that you worked yeah. in this area, in design yes. area. Yeah. So, so I, I, my background is in design. I just also do engineering day to day, but I, I, I care very deeply about design. I went to school for design. I've led design for big organizations. That's really what my background is. And so, you know, we, 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 we put a lot of thought into how we craft that user experience to enable people to kind of get into flow and stay into flow. You know, having done that for design tools, I, I, it kind of threw my whole philosophy of designing tools, or I'm sorry, just design in general. There's whole new rules that take place because a lot of design knowledge that's out there is make it as simple as possible, right? Like let's craft, you want people to get through from point A to point B as quickly as possible. But that is so different when you're designing a tool that somebody's going to use for eight hours a day. It's actually, no, no, no. You don't want them to get there as quickly as possible. You want to keep these people in this tool in flow for professionals who are like masters at your tool. And that's way different from somebody who's a beginner that casually uses your product a couple of times here and there. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot that really goes into that, that, you know, more junior designers who haven't designed tools before you can see those kind of things pop through. It's like, eh, I shouldn't have done that, you know? So we like to think that we've, we've been through the paces of doing it wrong <laughs> enough <Yeah>. times. <laughs> Hopefully we get some things right. Yeah. Well, that's just, what is it? The, the quote from Einstein, failure is success and progress, right? So I really want to show my people Clover. So would you be up to give a walkthrough a session, a live session inside the membership? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that'd be, be happy to do that's that. A, yeah, can't wait to see this. I will check it out again because as I said, I, I checked out early version, but a lot happened since then. Yeah, so yeah, we both one question I think we should answer is because you said in the beginning, we talked about ClickUp and is it really team focused? Clover or is it more for self-management? Right now we are uh, very single player focused, right? We're building this for yeah. individuals right now. That's who it's ideal for. That being said, we're actually getting a lot of team requests. So we are having discussions, doing a lot of research on how we could bring better tools to teams. But yeah, right now the product that you go and download on our website is very single player focused. It's a great personal productivity tool. That being said, it does enable real-time collaboration. You can invite guests to collaborate on certain okay, so, together. Yeah. yeah, so that's in there. So, but so I can also share these I can also share these websites or oh, whiteboards very easily. Absolutely. Yep. Well, that's important, right? So you can share your work. Yeah. Why? So, yeah. Look at our ideas. You mentioned. Sorry. Sorry. What did you say? I'll just say, look at our ideas if you just keep them stuck in a notebook somewhere. 
Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, that would be back to the Stone Age then. So, yeah, you mentioned it already. It's web. One more question is, and I think it's a very important one because we have so many iPad users yeah. and Miro tried to implement Apple Pencil support, which they did a semi-good job. So I think they can improve on this. But one major thing is the handwriting to text conversion that's always missing to keep me in the real flow. So yeah. we just think different for handwriting or drawing with our Apple Pencil or it's a bit, you know, no Apple ecosystem only. There are other solutions, obviously. But do you agree there that it's easier to scribble down and then it would be great to convert it into proper text and shapes and things. Yeah, like that. we we actually so we get this a lot actually. People asking for more Scribble support. We support Scribble in certain areas of the application, and as you know, we have we have a pen tool, so you can do handwriting, but it doesn't always convert to text. That's not something we're getting a whole lot of requests on, but we're kind As I said, because they don't know they need it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I, I think we're different there in that I actually very much prefer to use uh keyboard over handwriting yeah. and it probably has something to do with the fact that my handwriting is pretty terrible tom <laughs> tom we are not different at all i'm also more the type i'm much faster writing on the keyboard yeah. than i could ever use a handwriting or a pencil for that the thing is really uh drawing or sketching things out so yeah i i can also that's you know, Miro, I'm not using the Apple Pencil to draw something. Maybe I do some concept on a piece of paper or in a drawing app and then bring it into the real whiteboard for proper thing. But I think the technology is there and I, I don't understand why it's not leveraged more because the handwriting note-taking apps, the digital journals, the whatever you have, remarkable things like this, they all provide this and there's a huge user base yeah. and it's so easy to convert people from paper to digital world if you can say you can still use your tools, but it's always disconnected. The, all these solutions get disconnected so you can make this, but then you cannot leverage it. So the yeah. only thing is Evernote, which integrates, for example, with NoteShelf as a handwriting app. So whenever you write some notes in this note-taking app, it becomes available as images in Evernote, so they become searchable at least, right? Yeah. So I think there's still a gap there that could be closed by some genius who just thought, oh my God, there's another niche that I could fill. Yeah, well, that's I mean, the reason I'm asking. Yeah, no, well, we haven't built that yet, Tom. But, uh, you know, <laughs> especially because some of that is is just functionality that's already built into Apple, the Apple platform, you know, some of that can just work, but we haven't, we haven't gone through that mainly because we're just not getting those requests. You know, a lot of our okay. development is, is based on there's, there's certain features that people are. Streaming. It's a community driven, it is community driven platform, Absolutely. which is great. So then I think we answered all these questions that I had. If my community have any questions, feel free to let us know in the community or on the, on the video. Tom, anything that you want to with us no, before yeah. we close the interview? Where can we find Clover? Where can we find you? Check out Clover at cloverapp.com. That's C-L-O-V-E-R app.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Atasi, A-T-T-A-S-I. That's a shortened version of my last name. Oh yeah, I see it. People could pronounce a little bit better than Genitasio. So <laughs> that's how you can find me. Yeah. That's awesome. It was great talking to you. I love the the journey that we did from the past till today and all the different things. And I'm happy to catch up at another point. Sounds great, Tom. It was a pleasure. Have a good time. Hey, take care.